Lord, we do thank you. Thank you for your faithfulness. You are the steadfast one. You're the trustworthy one. Thank you for your faithfulness to your church, to your testimony. All these years and even all these decades, you have been caring for the church here. Lord, we do pray for your testimony in this city. We pray that in this year, your testimony would burn brighter and brighter in every corner of this city. We thank you for all that you did among us in these last few years, particularly in 2019. We thank you for the reaching out to Staten Island. We pray for the saints there. We do pray that they would take root downward and bear fruit upward. And we pray, Lord, that you would take all of us on, that your testimony here would be so strong, and that even many, many more seekers could find you, could find the purpose of their life, even the purpose of their Christian life. Lord, we give ourselves to you afresh. We thank you that with you, everything is always new. We praise you, Father, as the evergreen. Oh, make us so, Lord, that we would always turn away from the oldness. We would never be stale. That you would have the way to take us on year after year, even day after day. We give ourselves to you afresh, that you might renew us day by day. Lord, how we want to come out of all of our oldness and allow you to renew us. We thank you this morning for our new spirit and for our new heart. And we pray that we would have a new church life in 2020. Lord, we believe this is your desire. And we just say, do it, Lord. Do it in all of us, Lord. Amen. Amen. Saints, you know, according to the scripture, the household is the unit of salvation. The household is the unit also of service. And the household is, you might find this uh, interesting or strange if you're not familiar, it's the unit of rejoicing. I'm I'm going to read this verse to you. I think uh, not too many of us are familiar with Deuteronomy 12.7. Of course, we we just completed a training, uh, a a six-day training, and the video training on Deuteronomy. We will be studying this in the weeks and months to come. But I'd like to read this verse to you. 12, Deuteronomy 12, 17, says, And there, that means in the land, in the good land, and in the place that he has chosen, to put his name there, right? And, and that is talking about Jerusalem in the Old Testament picture. Actually, this is talking about the church in the New Testament age. And particularly where he puts his name in the local church, in the church. And there you shall eat before Jehovah your God, and you and your households shall rejoice in all your undertakings in which Jehovah your God has blessed you. Often, we pray for our enjoyment of the Lord. 
We pray for the saints' enjoyment of the Lord. Even we pray for the new ones' enjoyment of the Lord. Have we, do we have the concept even that we should pray for the enjoyment of the household? Not just a particular saint, but we should pray that everyone in their household would enjoy the Lord. Amen. Would enjoy the, good, the riches of the good land. Amen. The household in the New Testament is actually the unit of the church life. Amen. You know, in Acts 2, when the church was officially formed and the Spirit was poured out, more than 3,000 got saved. Actually, it says 3,000 men. There were thousands were saved in, in chapter 2. And it says right away they were together in the temple and from house to house. Amen. They had a house to house church life. Amen. You, could, you could even say they had a household by household church life. Amen. Well, saints, the reason we want to bring this out is because we feel a very strong leading of the Lord that for this year, we should have this as one of the banners for the church in New York City. Amen. For the church life to be strong, we need families. We need households that are very strong. Whether that's the family by blood, whether it's the household by saints staying together like we have the sisters' houses and brothers' houses, whether it's a household of generations, regardless, regardless, by family and by household, the the building block of the church life is the homes, the households. The families. So we like to present this as the banner for this year. The family life for the church life. And the church life in every home. The family life for the church life. Which includes those little ones there. And the church life in every home. Home home. Did you, did you get it? Amen. No, did I say it should be household, right? Every household. Let's say it this way. The family life for the church life and the church life in every household. Let's say that way. Household. In every household. In 2019, we had this as our kind of a banner that is All ages for the Lord's testimony. All ages for the Lord's testimony. But with an emphasis on the next generation. We're not turning to something new. We still have this burden. But actually, saints, for this burden, for this burden, for all the ages to be functioning in the church life, and for our reaching the next generation, actually, Everything hinges on the family life. Everything hinges on the home life, on the households. So our burden is the family life for the church life. We do hope that every family would have a church life. Every family would have a church life. 
and that the church life would be in every household. That every household would exalt the Lord. Amen. You know, in Deuteronomy, uh, and we'll be getting into this as I mentioned, but I was struck with this. At the end of, of Deuteronomy, this aged father, Moses, he knows that he cannot enter into the good land because of what he did. But he is preparing God's people to enter in. And he has a long speaking, a long encouragement, even rehearsing the laws to them, as well as reciting some of the events that happened to warn them, to remind them, not to be faithful to Jehovah. And toward the end, he gives a very strong uh, kind of encouragement. says, I put before you blessing and cursing, life and death. I put it before you. Therefore, choose life. Choose life. And in that discourse, he mentions this as one of the key matters in choosing blessing, in staying on the line of blessing and of life. And what is that? Deal with all the idols. Deal with all the high places. You know, when you read the Old Testament... The stories, especially through from Joshua all the way through the Kings and the Chronicles, this matter of high places comes up over and over again. And, and some of the kings, you can see, their reign is extended or shortened by how they deal with the high places. What are the high places? The high place is a worship center. It's a worship center that's not the place God has chosen. Some other, that means they worship somewhere else. They worship something else besides the true God. And I was, I was just uh, struck with, with this one verse, not in Deuteronomy, but in Ezekiel. It's very interesting. Sometimes we think that in the Old Testament it's all outward and type. And the New Testament, it's all inward and fulfillment. But do you know in Ezekiel 14, the Lord talks about the priests. It says these ones, they have idols in their hearts. Idols in their hearts. Even in the Old Testament, the Lord was looking on the heart. On the heart. We just, it just came out in, our, in this last hymn and in our prayer how the Lord has given us a new heart, a new heart to love Him. Saints, we need to be careful. Amen. We need to exercise our new heart every day, every day, that we can have fresh love for the Lord. If we're not exercised, if we're not exercised, Actually, in one day, just in one day, we could start very well. We could have a new beginning in the morning. We could have a good time with the Lord in the morning. But if we're not exercised through the course of that day, it's possible that somewhere by the middle of the day or by the evening, there's an idol in our heart. 
We always have to exercise that there would be no idols in our heart. And actually, particularly, we as the parents, we as the grandparents, we have to exercise. We have to be careful. Because should we be negligent through our looseness, it's very possible some idols could come not only into our heart, but into our households in the form of some possession, some thing, some activity. So we have the responsibility. If we want to keep our next generation in the line of blessing and in the line of life, we need to exercise that there would be no idols in our hearts. You know, I mentioned that the household is the unit of salvation. We see this actually starting from Noah. You know, in Noah, to, to actually in Genesis 7.1, I believe it says. God commands Noah, enter into the ark. You know, the ark is a type of, of Christ as our Savior, saving us from the judging uh, waters. Right? Enter into the ark, you and your household. You and your household. And we know the Passover, the time of the Passover. The Passover was not per person. Each person did not have to slay a lamb. The lamb was slain by what unit? Household. By household. Actually, there's a provision. There's a provision. This is what I, why I say even the household we should measure, not just by our blood relation, there was a, there's a provision that if your household is too small, you can, you can invite a neighbor over and you can share a lamb. Yeah. Oh, sisters' houses, brothers in the brothers' houses, you need to share a lamb. You share a lamb. You need to invite the neighbors over and share a lamb. But it's household by household. You don't just invite individual people over. You invite another household over. Then, the story of Rahab. You know this story when they enter into uh, the, the good land and they, they go to Jericho. We teach this to our, to, in, our, in our children's meeting. She was not the only one saved. Actually, her household. Whoever was in her household. And in the New Testament, this point is even stronger. In Acts 16... When the Lord's move goes to Europe for the first time, to Philippi, there two people get saved. Lydia, a sister. Do you know a sister is actually the first one? But not only she, she got her whole household to believe. Then later in the chapter, and this is the more well-known one, Paul and Silas are put into the prison and they're there at about midnight and they're uh, singing and praising and then there's that great earthquake and what happens? Oh, the jailer, because he thinks they're going to escape and, and uh, like all the prisoners will escape, he's going to kill himself and Paul tells him, no, no, we're all here. I, I don't know how Paul got all the prisoners to stay, but he says, we're all here, don't harm yourself. And then he comes. He says, sirs, what must I do to be saved? What does he say? 
Believe. And you will be saved. You and all your household. So actually the church in Philippi, the Lord's move in Europe began with not two people being saved, but two households being saved. Then the household is also the unit of service. The verse that we just read, Joshua 24, 15. This was the declaration. Actually, every head of the household among us should have such a declaration. As for me and my house, we will serve Jehovah. But we say that together. As for me and my house, we will serve Jehovah. You know, for for this burden to to get uh, more deeply into this burden, we have some events coming up, and these points we will develop there. Actually, three things I want to highlight uh, this morning. One is on February 1st. Saturday, February 1st, we will have a conference for all the parents, for all the parents, and Hall 1 at the Jamaica Hall from, I think we said, from 9.30 to 3.30. And breakfast and lunch are included. Amen. In this day, we want to dedicate this for more fellowship along this line. How, as the head of the households, we can bring our children to salvation, into service, And into rejoicing. What is that? Enjoyment. The enjoyment of the Lord. And finally, into the practice of the church life. Oh, that we could have godly families. That we could have parents and grandparents with their children together. Not only saved, but also serving together, enjoying together, practicing the church life uh, together. May this be our reality. So February 1st, we hope that we would put this aside and also pray for that. Let's pray for that. Then on February 29th, February 29th, so the first day of February and the final day of February, February 29th, we will have a conference for all the sisters. Sisters blending. Actually, for this time, on February 29th, we're opening it to the churches in the Northeast. So, please, get ready to offer hospitality. Saints may come from as far as Atlanta. This is what I'm told. But mostly for the Northeast. And and this time, I think we said from 9 until 5, something like that. 9 until 5. So the, the details, we'll, we'll send out the notice. But we also hope you could set this day aside. And in that time, for sure, we will talk more about this matter. The family life for the church life. And the church life in every household. Why on that day? Why? Because, sisters, <clears throat> the carrying out of this burden depends greatly on you. The atmosphere of the family, the atmosphere of the household, depends much more on the sisters than on the brothers. So, anyway, I just mentioned that. Please pray for that time. And the third event I'd like to highlight will take place in March. On March, I believe it's 20 and 21. That's Friday, 
and Saturday. Is this correct? Friday and Saturday. Um, we, we, we're having what we're calling, this is, the, this is kind of new, the first time that we're doing this, what we're calling a Young Working Saints and Young Families Blending. Young Working Saints and Young Families Blending. This is not a conference per se that will be structured around meetings. Actually, this will be structured around blending. And especially, we want the families that have young children to participate, to have a day that the children can just be together, that the parents can be together. But also, not only the families, it's so good if the single saints can be there, the young brothers and sisters in the sisters' houses and brothers' houses, that we could have a family day together. And even that the children could get to know the older brothers and sisters. Many of you, the single ones, you serve on children's meeting in the various halls. But how often do you have an opportunity to spend time with the children outside of the meeting? Outside of the Lord's Day meeting. This would give you a very good opportunity to learn their names, to know more about them to play with them, to get that they could get it more into your heart. On that day, what we're considering is, we, we will have some meetings, but structured like this. Most likely, uh, Friday, we will not have any meeting. Probably we'll have a bonfire there for the families to be together, maybe some singing. And it's just, this will be at KPCC, at Camp Penuel. That's just so the families can come, be there, and have a good start on Saturday. We can have breakfast together. And then, the first thing on the agenda after breakfast is a time for the children. And I really would like to see that time led by the dads. All the fathers. You know, more sisters serve on children's meeting than brothers do. I think in all our halls we have more sisters than brothers. It would be good to have an event where the fathers and the single brothers are leading the singing. Let's have such a time. Then, after that, we can have some um, programmed activities for the children while the sisters have fellowship. How about that? Let's free the sisters to have fellowship together. You know, too often the brothers have their meetings and the sisters are, are, are left at home with the children. Let's, let's do a little role reversal. And let's free the sisters so that they can enjoy the church life more, more and more. So on that day, we will, we will have maybe two or three sessions for the sisters, maybe for the married sisters, maybe for the single saints, the young working saints together, but not, not too long, not conference sessions like two hours. Really, the main purpose is the blending of the young families. So I, we do hope you could set this weekend aside. That will end with dinner on Saturday and will not interrupt the Lord's Day meeting schedule. That's why we, we programmed that that day. Oh yes, actually, the churches from New Jersey and the Northeast. We've invited the saints in New England and down to Philadelphia. Yeah, the saints, uh, will have a lot, actually this year, a lot of blending with the churches in, in New Jersey. So please pray for these three events. But please pray in this way, not just as events, 
We hope that our prayer will bring us into the Lord's burden. Amen. That we could see why are we doing this? What's behind all these matters? What's behind this? The strengthening of the church life. The strengthening of the Lord's testimony in New York City. And how can that be? We must strengthen the church life household by household. The family life for the church life. And the church life in every household. That's the first banner. The second banner is equally as important and actually foundational. And that is this. We draw this from Isaiah 37, 31. Take root downward and bear fruit upward. I think this we can, we, we can get and we can repeat. Let's say this together. Take root downward and bear fruit upward. In Isaiah 37, this is talking about the children of Israel that a remnant of them will be recovered to take root downward and then bear fruit upward. And that bearing fruit is to establish the city and the kingdom for God's purpose. Brothers and sisters, um, we, we have a lot of activities, a lot of events in our church schedule. Uh, maybe I, I take this opportunity. Can I, can I mention the website, Brother Sam? Sure. Yeah, it's up and running, right? Oh, it looks very nice. You know, we, we, have, we have an update of the Church in New York City website. Uh, as of yesterday, don't go to it now, <laughs> but you can check it. And uh, it's, it's uh, actually much more comprehensive than what, than, than what we had there, there before. And on there, you will be able to find a 2020 calendar of the church in New York City so that you can know all the events all the way till December. Yeah. And if you go there, again, don't go there now. If you go there, you will see, oh my, lots of events, lots of weekends, lots of weekends, very busy, busy church life. But there's a concern. There's a concern. That we, if we're not careful, if we don't take root downward and bear fruit upward, we could become like the church in Ephesus in Revelation chapter 2. You know that church? That church was an excellent church. That's why Paul could release such deep truths concerning God's economy, the eternal purpose, the church, in the book of Ephesians. Paul stayed with them, it says, for three years. And night and day, it tells us this in Acts chapter 20, night and day. Also, publicly and from house to house. Paul visited the saints from house to house. Declaring to them the counsel of God. But what does it say about the church in Ephesus in Revelation chapter 2? It says, I know your works. I know your works. That you even try those who are, say they're apostles and are not. And you have many things. He did not deny, the Lord did not deny that they accomplished all these things. And they were good things. But what does it say? But I have this one thing against you. 
that you have left your first love. You have left your first love. Oh, dear saints, we're still at the beginning of the year. In the new year, I don't, I don't have any confidence in New Year's resolutions, but I do have confidence in new consecrations, fresh consecrations to the Lord, where it's not that we promise we will do better, that we promise we will try harder, but we give ourselves to Him. We put ourselves into His hand to be occupied by Him so that He could do more within every one of us in this year. And for this, we all need the times with the Lord to bear, to, to take root downward. We have to avoid merely being caught up in activities, even Christian activities, even church life activities. This human life is already busy enough with our home life, our family life, our children, our jobs in New York City, the commuting. Life is just busy. And then on top of that, we put another layer of the church life. It's very possible, it's very possible that we end up on cruise control doing all the things, a kind of autopilot but not coming back to the Lord as the source day after day after day. We need times with the Lord to take root downward so that all of our activity, all of our service, whether personal or corporate, would be bearing fruit out of those, those roots going deeper. You know, in Matthew 13... We know that this parable, the Lord is the sower, he goes to sow. It's the same, the same quality seed. Gets sown in four different types of soil with four different results. The difference is not with the quality of the seed, but with the soil, the condition of the soil. And that represents our heart. Dear saints, We need the Lord, we need the Lord to all the time, all the time, dig away the things that are in our heart. In that parable, I know most of us are very familiar, it talks about in the the hardness of the soil, nothing penetrates. I don't think many of us are in that kind of condition. But the second type of soil, what do you find? Oh, the seed gets in and it sprouts something. But eventually, when the sun rises, when persecutions, the Lord says, arise because of the word, uh, it withers. Why? Because it does not have depth of earth. This is connected with the roots. The roots did not go deep down. Oh, that we could pray for ourselves, for our households, and for one another. That all of us this year would have deeper roots. That we would take root downward. Then there's another category. You know, the category of the thorns. And this, dear saints, oh, here we need to pay attention. Because in this category, when 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 the good seed is growing, it grows for a while. 
But the Lord says something else is growing alongside. And eventually, after a period of time, that, the thorns growing alongside, choke the seed. Choke the seed. That's why, and we have to confess, we've seen this, and maybe even experienced this at times, we could go on very well for a period of time. And we've seen some that go on for years. And then something happens. What, what's, what is the cause? It could be in this category. Something else was growing alongside. And we were never thorough in our dealing with what's in our heart. So saints, we do pray this year all of us could have a a, a great advance in our taking root downward. In our dealing with the Lord constantly, with our new heart, turning to the Lord so that he could be the one to dig away and deal with whatever may be competing with him in our heart. So that, so that there would be fruit in our personal Christian life, there would be fruit in our family life, and there would be fruit corporately in our church life. So that every activity, every initiative that we have in the church life would be something that results from that inner growth, from the deepening roots. So may the Lord have his way among us to accomplish so much among us in in this year. And the brothers will continue.